0: 7654321. Hi, and welcome to the Marketing Essentials Podcast. Our unique team helps small businesses grow by providing essential marketing expertise.
1: Hello and welcome to the Marketing Essentials Podcast. My name is Bill Parmentier of W. Parmentier Photography.
0: I'm Justin Kerr with Justin Kerr Design.
2: And I'm Alicia Piazza with Custom Marketing.
1: And together we make up the
2: the Marketing Marketing Essentials Essentials Team. team.
1: So
0: today we are going to be talking about the marketing power of story. And we have a guest with us here today, Lev Poplau. And to tell you a little bit about Lev, he's originally from Philadelphia and graduated from Syracuse University and has been in Rhode Island since 1985. We appreciate him being here. Lev has 30 years of experience with marketing communications and has skill sets in business, healthcare, nonprofit, and arts environments. So today he consults with small and medium-sized nonprofits and businesses using the power of story to help them with all aspects of their marketing communications. Now that's some of what we're going to be talking to you about today right? So give us just a little bit of background in, you know, talking about your why. So obviously you use the power of story in helping your clients with their marketing. Why is that important to you? Well,
3: you know, it's funny, as you mentioned, I have 30 years of experience. And when I first started in marketing communications, it was different. It was a different world. It was about what do we need to tell them so they'll buy our product? But times change. People change. Consumers and businesses are so much more sophisticated now than they used to be. Nobody wants to be sold to, right? Think about the last time you went to it's buy true. a car, yeah. right? Yeah. You saw the price tag and the salesman ambled on over. Hey, how can I help you today? You know, mm-hmm. you know, and you, and you get into these long, drawn-out negotiations that are like very unpleasant. And even if you end up getting the price you want for the vehicle you want, when you drive away from the lot, oftentimes you don't have like a big smile on your face. No, and it's almost like
0: wow, I survived that.
3: I feel drained after something like right. that. Right. Yeah. And and I realized a number of years ago that that people, especially I think younger people today, and they are the core of the consumer today. They don't want to be people don't want to be sold to. They want to know why should I care about this? Why should I give you my money? Why do you, you know, not not what are you going to do to pry it out of my wallet, but why should I give it to you? So I began changing the way I did marketing communications a good 10 years ago, maybe longer, as it just dawned on me that people want to know, well, what do you do? And why do you do it? Mm-hmm. Because if you care about what you do, then maybe I will too. And also in the marketing world today, internet has infiltrated all aspects of our lives. We can directly market to people much more easily than we used to. And so it, it helps to tailor our message. Most custom, most companies now understand, I don't need to reach everybody. We used to call in the old days, show you how old I am, the spray and pray technique. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm familiar with that. Okay.
1: Yeah. that, that it's still popular in my, uh, my neck of the woods. Is it?
3: And yeah. and But I think that most of the, the people that I work with, and, and well, I shouldn't say most. I would say all because this is how I present myself. I'm not here to sell you. I'm here to tell people about you. I want to know your story. What do you do? And why do you do it? Because then you, we can reach the people who are going to care about that why And that'll help you connect with them. Because what's another issue that we hear about that? There's no more loyalty in the world. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, in many respects, there's not, but if I connect to you, then you'll think of me, I'll be in your consciousness and we'll do repeat business and all businesses want repeat customers. So, so I think that's, you know, there is a power in story. And so in the work that I do, that's the approach that I
0: take. Mm -hmm. Now you work with a lot of nonprofits. Yeah. And the reason that I wanted to have you on the podcast is because we had met a little while ago and you had started to tell me about your involvement with this local organization and some of the work that you were doing with them to bring awareness to their cause, um, but do it in a very unique way with some really cool technology. So... Why don't you give us a quick little background on that and tell us about this involvement with uh, this local organization? Because I think it's a fantastic story. Right. Thank you.
3: Well, I'm pretty sure the local nonprofit you're talking about is the Sandra Bornstein Holocaust Education Center. Yes. And it's funny how we came together because on a personal level, I'm connected to that issue. On a personal level, I care about hate and indifference and discrimination in the world. But also I have relatives who I never met. Because they didn't get out. I remember as a little boy, I had two uncles and an aunt that had a number tattooed on their wrist. But when I was growing up, people didn't talk about it. You know, so I never got the chance to ask them, What is that? In fact, when I tried to, my mother would say, I remember being like a six year old boy, be like, What's what is that? And my mother was like, Shh. Wow. No, 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 no. Wow. you know because until um you know the book night by ellie wiesel which mm-hmm. many people have read came out that kind of ushered in the era where people were beginning to will to be willing to share their stories but but anyway i, I digress let me answer your actual question sorry <laughs> no it's okay i, I warned <laughs> no, you i if you, you i sometimes can digress so so to that's all of you hard. feel free to interrupt me <laughs> so i've been aware about the born holocaust center for many years and um one day, literally, I bumped into the executive director, who I know, I didn't know her well. And it just dawned on me to go up and ask her a simple question. And the question was, what are you doing to remain relevant in the world today? Hmm. That's a great
2: question. That is. (laughs) Yeah.
3: And she looked at me like, what do you mean? I said, well, I'm kind of guessing the average age of the members of your board of directors is what? 72? 72? she's like, yeah, that's a pretty good guess. And I'm like, and do you use Facebook? Well, we got a Facebook page. Oh, and <laughs> are you on Twitter and Instagram? I said, what are you doing to reach people? Well, we have these great programs and, and you know, when people come to them, I was like, oh. And so I was like, can I, you know, talk to you about this? Her name is May Ronnie Zaidman and uh, I love her. And she and I have developed an incredible relationship over the years. And we, we sat down to talk and I was like, you know, May Ronnie, the world has changed. You know, the world is no longer built it and they will come. The world today is you need to reach people where they are and where they are is on social media. Now I get that the average seven year old person may not be on social media. So I'm not saying that we should stop doing press releases and writing newspaper articles and printing flyers and distributing them in places that we should continue to do that. But we need to attract a younger audience because where are your future board members, your future donors and your future volunteers coming from? Sure. So that conversation led to me um, to have a meeting with her board of directors because I did need to suggest to them that they slightly change their mission because their mission, and I I don't want to sound crass, but I'm going to just say it the way I always say it. They were all Holocaust all the time. And I I went to them and I said, you know, a lot of young people, they don't know much about the Holocaust. That was 75 years ago. To
0: them, that's ancient history. But But they they do know about discrimination. They do know about hate. They do know about racism so exactly
3: exactly and they know about other genocides you know they know about what happened in darfur give a prime example they know what are happening to the rohingya muslim in myanmar right now Mm -hmm. and so i i asked them if they would consider changing their mission slightly to becoming an organization that uses the lessons of the holocaust to teach about genocide and hate and discrimination and all the isms and To use these lessons to educate people to hopefully help people become more aware of this and more conscious of this so when they see hateful things happening, they won't ignore it, they'll do something about it. And they agreed to make that change. And that's what led to our coming together. And when we did come together, I guess it was about three and a half years ago, we agreed to have me work with them. They literally had no Twitter no Instagram, and 56 Facebook followers.
2: Oh, boy.
0: (laughs) Most of which were family and friends. Exactly.
3: Exactly.
2: Yeah, moms don't count. (laughs)
3: Today, today we have over 3,600 Facebook followers, and they're not just in Rhode Island. They're all over the world because this is a universal message. We have a Twitter account with well over 1,500 followers. You know, we're using Instagram, and we are reaching out and spreading this message a lot farther than we used to.
0: Wow. So now they have programs, they have content that they put out, but I'd like to talk a little bit about the memorial Mm. and how you took that and really turned it into a terrific way of telling a story Mm. and doing it in a really savvy way with a piece of technology. So let's talk a little bit about that. Okay.
3: Well... Yeah, so just to give a little bit of background, uh, the Rhode Island Holocaust Memorial, and for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's down on the banks of the Providence River right next to the World War II Memorial. Um, it took, believe it or not, over 20 years to get that thing built. Wow. 20 years. It was the vision of a, of a local Holocaust survivor. And... It it took a lot of work, a lot of fundraising, but eventually the committee came together that raised all the money, hired the architect, designer, and, and, and got it built. And it's, it's a very nice memorial. However, it had no context. It's not super huge, but it's a small sculptural garden. And every piece in it has symbolic meaning. But if you didn't know what you were looking at, you really wouldn't know what you were looking at. So prior to this piece of technology that I'm gonna mention in a moment. Um, you know, you'd show up, you'd see the front gate that said we're on Holocaust Memorial, you'd walk in the entrance, you'd walk to the end, you'd see this spheroid thing at the, at the end, you'd see these columns along the way, this, this sidewalk, and you'd be done in 15 seconds, and that would be it. So eventually, after it was built, uh, the Jewish Alliance of, of Greater Rhode Island They came to us, the Bornstein Holocaust Education Center and said, you know, it's now time for you to take over this thing you need to be in charge of the educational aspects of it and you need to raise money and be in charge of the maintenance too. (laughs) We're like, well, it makes sense. So we, so we took that on and may Ronnie the executive director and I were talking and she's like, you know, it's such a lovely little memorial, but it has no context. There's no emotional connection that is created by people who walk through it. And if people don't already know a lot about the Holocaust, it has no meaning whatsoever. So we put our, our heads together and I had the idea of, well, you know what we need, Mayroni? We need an app. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, and she's so funny because, you know, she tells her, you know, you're my tech guy. <laughs> she's like, she did, you know, she's like, she did, when I said that we need an app, she's like, a what?
1: <laughs> <And> I, was <laughs> like, well,
3: I was like, Mayroni, you what, do? You
0: want to get some appetizers? Okay, <laughs> right? I know this lovely little place. <laughs> right?
3: and so I, I, I said to her, I said, well, Mayroni, you do have a smartphone. I've seen it, right? I was like, those those little pictures, you know,
1: <laughs> those, 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 <laughs> you, know
3: you, you, you touch the picture and something happens. <laughs> so she, so anyway, but she was, and, and I, I basically explained to her, I said, this is how we can bring this memorial to life, that we can tell the story of the memorial, how it got built, what everything Means that's there and to help people have this emotional connection to it so that they don't go through it in 15 seconds But maybe they spend 10 15 20 minutes there because the purpose of the moral we want it to be a place of reflection And if you don't understand what you're looking at, there's nothing to reflect on And the the memorial itself actually has a dual purpose. It's there to memorialize the 6 million Jews who were killed in the Holocaust. By the way, it doesn't ignore the other 5 million people. There were a total of 11 million people who died in the Holocaust, but primarily it's there to memorialize the 6 million Jews who who perished in the Holocaust. But it's also there to pay tribute to the 200 or so survivors who made their way to Rhode Island, who built new lives here who got married here and had businesses and children and became part of the cultural community of our state. So it has this dual purpose. And so now obviously I'm not a code writer. I couldn't create The app itself. So I joke when I said I made it. But, you know, I did, you know, went through a search to find the company to work with who would actually build the app. But I did write all the content, take all the photograph, choose the music, and we worked together to create what I think is just a beautiful app that uh, really just brings it this. This context that helps create an emotional connection for the person. So So is this app used during the course of walking through like an audio tour or is it? Exactly. It's both audio as well as it's text. So someone who is hearing impaired, they can read the text along, but it is audio. There's music. Exactly. You go down there, there's signage right by the right next to it. Now Mm -hmm. that instructs you, you know, how to download the app. And then, uh, the way the app is set up, I, I, broke the, the memorial down there into what I saw as seven, seven distinct areas.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And so that basically gave it seven pages. Mm-hmm. And when you go to that page, it automatically starts playing. And so it explains, you know, what you're looking at. And then each page has a more section, mm-hmm. you know? So if you just listen to the seven pages, it, you can get through the whole app in about 10 mm-hmm. minutes Okay, But if you're interested in learning more, you press a little button more, a menu pops up, and there's three or four things that they could also listen to additional to provide more detailed information.
2: Oh, what was that? Wow. That's a really great idea. I, that is awesome. Yeah.
3: And, and so now it's designed so that anybody on their own,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you
3: know, they go by the, they go by the memorial, uh, they see the signage. Oh, okay. Download the app. And listen to it or we also have we also do docent led tours you know we work as you can imagine with a lot of school groups and a lot mm-hmm. of civic groups one of the things that i'm working with now is our team of docents on how to best integrate the app with what they do and one of them had what i thought was a brilliant idea which was okay well how about i bring the group down because all you know all the kids they got there they got their little devices uh, and she and she said well we can bring the group down and the first thing i'll do i'll have them download the app and say Go listen to it. Walk through the memorial and just listen to it. And then when you're done, we're going to come back together as a group. And she created a list of prepared questions that she could ask them. Or she, her first thought was, and I like doing both actually, is to say, okay, well, now that you've seen this and heard this, what are you thinking? What mm-hmm. questions do you have? Because, you know, I mean, the Holocaust is a pretty big subject. You know, an app is not going to answer every question, hopefully. And and that we don't want to. If anything, we want you coming away thinking, oh, I wish I had heard more about that. Okay, great. Well, you got your device in your hand. Google it. Learn more. Sure. You know.
0: I think the, for me, the brilliance of bringing this down to individual stories um, is where the power lies in telling the stories. Because, Stalin famously said, one death is a tragedy, a million deaths is a statistic, Mm -hmm. right? So if you can bring the story down to an individual or a number of individuals, then you can really tell the story effectively. And I think that's part of the brilliance of what you've done is that it makes it personal, you know, and when you go through and you read, you know, you listen to it and you read it, now it's personal. And at the shallow end of the pool, you've learned something. You know, you've learned a little piece of history, you can have an appreciation for the memorial. At the deep end of the pool, it may spur you to read further find out more maybe even become active in the organization
3: that's what i was thinking about or to get involved in some way whether it's our organization or another organization that works to you know to combat areas of of hate you know because there's a lot of them you know there's racism and sexism and i i I joke and i don't mean it to be crass but you know all the isms Mm -hmm. and there are organizations all over the place so as much as we'd love people to come volunteer for us we would love them to feel like oh I can't keep walking through the world the way I have been. i got to do something to help somebody else.
1: I, I hear our ass. <laughs> I didn't realize it would start the audio right away. He did say it would start the audio as soon as you went to the
0: page. Yeah, well, okay, so... I, I was just looking at the app. Um, Justin likes so, to do things in real time. I know. Yeah. Justin <laughs>
1: likes to learn by experience. you know? I, you know,
3: well, you I know am an
0: experiential learner, well, yes.
3: You know, it's so funny, Justin, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but I just want to say something. So, I, as you can imagine, I wrote the script. I worked with the person who recorded the script. I have heard that script like a thousand times already. Right, right. And something, though, about it, every time I hear it, I still get a little, like, flutter inside. Sure. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt sure.
0: you. No, 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 no. That's fine. I was just taking a look at the app. So... You took all the pictures yes. for the
3: app. Oh, it's terrific. Well, that comes back from my art background. For about ten years I was a working artist and photography was my primary medium.
0: Ah, okay. Oh, okay. Nice. And then when you got tired of starving to death and you found something else to hey, do. Wait a minute. <laughs>
1: wait a minute here. <laughs> <Most. Very well laughs> Look at me, I am not starving. Okay. All right. <laughs> so <if someone> wants
0: <laughs> to. <you> <laughs> I think Alicia has a question. I think Good you. luck,
1: Alicia. <laughs>
2: Obviously, I'm sure if they go to the memorial, there's a sign there that tells them how to download the app. But if somebody is listening to this, do they just go to the app store and look for the Rhode Island Go ahead and
3: thank you for asking, Alicia. Yeah, you can, uh, it works on any and all devices. You can go to the Apple Store, you can go to Google Play, and you just type in Rhode Island Holocaust Memorial. Okay.
1: And, we'll, and we'll actually put a uh, link to that in the show notes so that anybody that's listening can just go ahead and click directly to it. Great, thanks, and Bill. No problem. What uh, gave
2: you the idea for the app of uh, like, where did that come from? I mean, I love it, it's well,
3: powerful. I, I, where did it come from? I, <laughs> it just. As, as I mentioned, Mehrani Zabin, the executive director of the Bornstein Center, we were just talking, and it was around the time. Because um, as you can imagine, it took months to develop this thing. You know, it's not, I mean, anyone who's ever built an app, it, it doesn't happen overnight. If you really want it to be good, you're working on content for months. And so it goes back maybe six, eight months ago. I was having a conversation with Mehrani. It was at that time that we had taken over the maintenance and educational aspects of the memorial and we were talking about it and and may ronnie said to me it's a nice little memorial but you know i gotta be honest it doesn't touch me mm. and if it doesn't touch me someone who for whom holocaust education is my life what's it doing for what everybody kind, right what kind of emotional impact would it have on someone who knows very little about this right and That just got me thinking again, going back to what we started off talking about the power of story. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, well, we need to, people who are there, I said, you know, there's not a lot of words there. There's not a lot of stuff to read. I said, somehow we have to tell the story. People, you know, they, they, they need to know, well, how did this thing get built? Mm -hmm. What does
1: everything they're looking at mean? Mm-hmm. So did, did you take that into account when you started working really hard on the social media aspect of, uh, you said, like you said earlier, you, you built up the Twitter following, you built up the Facebook. What did you, what, what steps did you take to, to build that up? What type of content were you looking to put it forth?
3: Right. And that's a great question. And yeah, absolutely. And the content I put up, what my goal was, was, um, to use our social media to make us a resource mm-hmm. And so I didn't want to just tell our story and about the things that we do. I wanted to tell the story of hate in the world. A bigger and, picture. Yeah, a much bigger that's picture. Powerful. That's awesome. You know, and so when, when you look at our, our social media, what you'll see is there's a mix, a mix of articles from around the world and videos um, from things that are happening in America and other countries as well as original content about some of the programs that we do. You know, like when we send a speaker out to a school, you know, I always tell our education director, take a couple of pictures, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And, uh, you know, so, you know, so it's a, it's a mix, you know, but we want to be an educational resource for anybody who wants to, you know, learn about hate in the world.
2: And you, you use the word um, connection before to make a connection with these people who are coming to the memorial. And I just, I, th- I really love the app because, you know, you go to some places and they have, um, you know, like little stands out with things you can read about what they're looking at. And that's great, but you can only put so much information on maybe a page in front of a monument or something like that. And I also think the app being that we're a very connected to our phone type of society, it gives that person like active control. Like they feel like they're they're making the choice to, to learn to become part of what they're experiencing.
3: Right, that's a great point, Alicia. Exactly. You know, they could be listening to a part, and then they like, and they don't have to listen to it all the way through. There's a stop button. If they feel they've heard enough, they can, you know, hit stop and advance to the next page. And and I totally agree with you. You know, there, there's always place for printed materials, but first of all, this is an outside memorial.
2: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah.
3: So unless your printed materials are like engraved in stone. Um, it does, that doesn't work very well. Mm-hmm. And also, right. It is about the connection. You know, we are a wired generation. Mm-hmm. People have their devices. I mean, I, when I look at my smartphone and I think to myself, wow, where would I be without this thing? My life is right here now. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I use it for so many different ways. And there's something about hearing somebody. Because it like I mentioned earlier, there is, it is in text, so people can read it if they're hearing impaired. But the idea that you're you're being told something, you're listening to a comf, a comforting voice tell you a story while you're able to actually look at what's in yeah. front of you, because that's the only thing about when you're reading something. How are you interacting with what's in front of you? Mm-hmm. When you're reading something this way, you know, you just turn it on and it starts talking to you and now you can be fully immersed in your surroundings at the same time. And something else that I love about it is because it's an app, you know, you download it, but when you leave you get it with you. You still have yeah. it. You still have it. You know, because again, our goal is to spread this message and educate as many people far and wide if we can. Now, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I have this image, right? Remember when you were a kid, you came home from school, especially when you're on a field trip, right? Mm-hmm. You got home from school. What did your parents ask you? How, How was, was your it?
2: day? Yeah. What'd you <laughs> do in school?
3: Yeah. Right. <laughs> tell tell mm-hmm. us about the trip. Yeah. Tell yeah. us about the trip. Oh, well, we went to the Holocaust Memorial today and they had this app. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Can I see it? Well, guess what? Now we've Reach their parents and we've educated it's it's like a second step education piece to them because you don't have and that's another nice thing about the beautiful thing about an app you don't have to be there like obviously it's it's most effective if you're there when you're listening to it but the bottom line is you could download it at any time and you could listen to it Mm -hmm. at any time Mm
0: -hmm. now apps you know are ubiquitous It's you know everybody's familiar even as you've told us, even some of the uh, septuagenarians now are familiar
1: <laughs> <laughs> with what
0: those little pictures are on their phone. But I'm guessing that you know you've already thought about okay, where do we go from here? And you know, there's upcoming technology now that's that's being uh, developed and refined. You know, things like augmented reality mm-hmm. and uh, even virtual reality. So. Has, have you started to think about, okay, what's the next step for this? Yes, absolutely, we have. The app
3: is up and running, and it's, it's like 95% complete, in my opinion. There's a couple things that are still missing that I'm still working on that are going to be added. I mentioned earlier that there's that two, two-sided purpose, and one of the sides is to pay tribute to those survivors who made it to Rhode Island to build new lives for themselves. And part of the m- memorial itself on the, the inner curb are engraved the names of those people. And one thing I'm doing now, which will, uh, is I'm developing stories about what they, not, not their stories of survival, because it's funny, I mentioned, I'm, you know, I'm like the communications director for the Born Scene Center, even though they're my client. Um, and so I'm I'm interviewing survivors all the time and writing their and writing their articles, but it's always focused on you know what happened in the Holocaust. What we want to do is accumulate two or three stories from people of okay, well we know that experience was horrible, but let's talk about how did you get to Rhode Island and once you got here, what happened? You know, did you meet your husband here? Did you open a business? How many kids did you have? How many grandkids did you have? How you know. So that's, that's the next step. And that should be hopefully done within the next six months or so that there will be some great stories. Yeah. That when you're look, when you're in that section of the app, there will be, I mentioned each, each section has more That when you pull up the more in that section of the app, there'll be those two or three stories and you'll open it up and it'll be an audio, but there will also be, you know, a, a bunch of photographs. So there will be something to look at while you're listening to that. But the ultimate next step And I'm, you know, this is this is going to be a ways off in the future. You know, I'm not going to say it'll even be 2019, although I'd like it to be 2019. It might be 2020 is AR as an example.
2: AR. And so if nobody, if uh, people listening don't know what that means.
3: A- augmented reality
2: <laughs> we use the marketing lingo sometimes
0: <laughs> <Right. laughs> right. go. got to right. put another dollar in the jar now right so
1: <laughs> at the last podcast we had a bell i don't know what
0: happened but uh, i'm like uh, but no. i'm the guest do i have to put the dollar
1: no no we'll get you covered
3: okay fair enough augmented reality you know and, as one example along the outside curb Our names uh, of uh, chiseled into the the stone is the names of 15 of the concentration camps. Now, those are not all the concentration camps by any means. In fact, and you may find this number surprising, but there were over 4,000 of them. Many of them were extremely small and maybe only held a couple hundred people. Many of them were work camps. Where because a lot of people who died in the Holocaust they died by being worked to death or they would work you until you were so sick and weak and then they would just take you out back and shoot you in the head. I mean I know it's and I'm sorry if I sound like I'm saying it like it's so nothing because it's obviously not nothing but it's you know what is it that um, what was the, the writer I can't remember her name right now who during the Eichmann trial she wrote a series of articles on the subject of the banality of evil. Um, and, and, and I don't, so I don't mean to make light of it, but it's real, you know, the capacity that human beings have inside of themselves to do evil things as if it was part of their everyday life never ceases to astound me, but back to the augmented reality thing. So we chose those 15 names to carve into the stone because those are the most well-known names of concentration camps. Okay. Now picture in the future when we have augmented reality, you're standing in front of it. You're looking at these names, and you take your device and you point it at and you point it at that. You point at the name of one of the camps, and all of a sudden, your phone automatically starts showing you pictures or film because some of these there were, you know, the, the Nazis. Yeah. They like to document the, what they did, and so you know maybe you'll they'll be seeing you'll be seeing film clips, or maybe you'll see film clips of. You know, because the U.S. Army, um, when they got there, Eisenhower made sure to record with photographs and film. He wanted to make sure the world knew what happened. He made
0: sure that the people that lived in the nearby towns and villages were given a tour of those camps as well.
3: Right. Mm -hmm. Because even back then, I mean, Eisenhower, who for those who don't know their history, he was in charge of the Allied forces in Europe. And so when a camp was was liberated, he's like, we must document this because in the future, it's people will deny this ever happened. Sure. They won't and then, believe. Yeah. right. And he said that 75 years ago. So they took film and they did, mm-hmm. and lots of photographs. And so, you know, so again, so let's say, you know, you it you point your phone at the names of one of the camps and now you're seeing, you know, photographs of, of things that happened there. You're seeing photographs of the crematorium. You're seeing videos of people being liberated at the same time as that, that beautiful narrator's voice mm. comes on and in your ears, you, you begin hearing a more specific story about that particular place or you're you let's say you're now on the inside of, of the memorial and you point your phone at the names of one of those people survivors who got here and all of a sudden you know pictures of from their family start flashing on your screen While, you know, you begin to hear this, so you don't have to read it. You just hear the story of, you know, when Mr. And, you know, Mr. And Mrs. So-and-so they met at a DP camp, they got married, they, you know, they emigrated to Israel and then they came to America in 1953 and, you know, and it just, it'll tell their story because I think that one of the beautiful things about augmented reality is how it can bring something so vividly to life. Like I love this app. I love it right now. And I think it does do a good job of bringing the memorial to life. But mm-hmm. I, I can't wait till we raise the funds to go because for anyone who doesn't know, augmented reality is incredibly expensive. I was gonna say it's not cheap. Oh my god! Right. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bother mentioning the numbers here and now. But, <laughs> but we're, we're fundraising for it now. We are a nonprofit if, if organization. If anybody knows
2: anybody, <laughs> right,
3: if anybody knows anybody who might like to write a check for, say, fifty thousand dollars, we'd be happy Just to listening. accept it. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll also take, you know a thousand checks for 500 that works, but you know, but, so, but anyway, we're fundraising for it now. Um, and, uh, hopefully sometime within the next 24 months or hopefully less, Mm -hmm. that will be the ultimate evolution of
1: the, of the memorial to fully, fully bring it to life. Well, that's a, that's a great segue here. If somebody wanted to donate, where would they go? How would they how would they get the money to you? Great.
3: One of the nice things is the app itself. If they want, at the end of the app, when they get to the last page, it's a donate page. And there's a link right on the last page that takes them directly to our website so that they can donate to us. They could also go to our website, which is the uh, www.bornsteinholocaustcenter.org. They could go to our Facebook
1: page, Sandra Bornstein Holocaust Education Center, which also has a link to do that. Great. And again, as usual, we'll put those all on the show notes, too. So if anybody's interested in uh, donating in any way, they'll be able to get there quickly.
3: Great. And we'd like to let people know just also, I'd like to let people know, um, you don't have to just contact to to donate us. If you're interested in having a group, get a tour, contact us through our website. You'll see our education director's email, send her an email or give her a phone call uh, to arrange tours. Or if you'd like a survivor to
1: come out to your school or your civic organization, know feel free to reach out to us yeah. uh, just a quick backtrack i know we're getting we're running short, shortly running out of time here but I, did you have a question personally i didn't want to yeah. jump it front of you. i'm sorry i mean so let's
2: <laughs> i just feel like you have some other bullet points Lev. um i don't know if we want to dive into those or do a part two because i'm interested to learn a little bit more about your social media growth and and how you kind of promoted this how you grew awareness how you got involvement to get mm-hmm. this project going I mean I'm sure that's a whole other story but I'm, I'm
3: right it, it, Right, and I, I do realize we're starting to run short of time so I'll give you the short answer and if you guys want to do a part two I'm having a great time <laughs> I, would love, I would love to come back and you know I was a little nervous going into this Justin knew yeah. and uh, but I'm having a great time and I'm so glad that I've met uh, Bill and Alicia today Justin and I was privileged to have met well, we, we definitely uh, love, love to have you come back, back and, uh, thank and go you. further deep into it but. thank you but the short answer because we're all markers at this table is spend a little money mm-hmm. boosts, you know, I mean, you can, you know, one of the nice things about social media in terms of its marketing power is how far the dollar goes. It's not like the old days where you, you know, you needed budgets of thousands and thousands of dollars. You know, if you're willing to, you know, if a client of yours is willing to invest 50 to hundred dollars a month, if, if you're telling the right story, you can add thousands of followers and, you know, and, and some of the, the clients, as obviously I have other clients also. Some of them have thousands of followers. Some of them also have only have hundreds. But I also say it's not necessarily about the number of followers mm. you have. You it's know, reaching the
0: right people. Exactly. Right. It's yes. reaching
3: the right people. You know, I have some clients, their mission is extremely specific. And again, we could talk about this more in the future also, which is, you know, how do we use those marketing tools that have been created mm-hmm. to reach out to those people that we specifically want to get our message to? Sure.
2: I'm, I'm going to head to your Facebook page after this and like the page, and I'm not going to download the app because I'd actually like to go to the memorial and do it there. Cool.
1: There
2: I'm just blown away, and I feel like the majority of my comments today have been, wow. <laughs> because, <laughs> wow, this is really great.
1: Cool. If I can ask one more Thank question, you. I know, like I said, we're running out of time, but I, I'm impressed by uh, what you're talking about as far as getting with survivors getting their stories down while, while you can hmm. I got to believe it's, it's starting to get to the point where it's very it's imperative at this point to right to start getting these stories down uh, and
3: uh, well you know that's a good question because I think you I, we started by Justin asking me how did I come to work with the forcing center and I and my had posed the question to the executive director what are we doing to remain relevant Well an extension of that question is the fact that in another 10 years, there will not be any more survivors exactly, left alive. Yeah. A young survivor, someone who was only six or seven years old when they when it happened, is now in their in their mid eighties.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Okay, it was seventy five years ago. If you were six years old, you're now eighty one. Sure. It's okay. so a times imperative, right? It's so time times imperative. And and this is something that, again, I, it's too involved for today. So I'd love if you want, but there is something called new dimensions and testimony, which we're actively fundraising for right now that we're going to be bringing to the, the, the Bornstein Holocaust center. I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, USC Shoah foundation, which was founded by Steven Spielberg back in the 1990s when he began videotaping testimony from survivors to mm-hmm. get video records. Well, they have developed and right now it's only available in four places in the world. And we hope to be like number five through seven. <laughs> All right. It's it's imagined a three-dimensional holographic projection of a survivor. That doesn't just talk, just, it's not like when a survivor goes to a school and they give a speech. It's an interact. it's fully inter, and I've seen demonstrations. We've gone Whoa. out and seen this. Thing. Wow. <laughs> it's you, within five minutes, you forget that you're sitting with a hologram. You, you feel like the person is right in right there. And, and it's a conversation. That's crazy. You get to ask them questions. So where were you born? How many, you know, how many brothers and sisters, what village, where are you from? What camp did you go to? You know, you, it's a conversation and the technology is just unbelievable. It's called New Dimensions and Testimony. Right now you can see it at the Holocaust Memorial Museum in Washington, D.C., Yad Vashem, which is the Holocaust Museum in Israel, the uh, Holocaust Education Center in Skokie, Illinois, which anyone as old as I am remembers what happened there with the Nazis marching in the streets in the 1970s and uh, the Holocaust Museum in Toronto. Those are the only four places where you can see it presently. Um, We've been fundraising for well over a year now, and we're more than halfway to the goal. I can imagine that's not something
1: that's cheap either.
3: uh, Oh, you're talking an initial investment of about $250,000 to have the equipment, and then there's gonna be an annual fee of probably $25,000, $30,000 per year. You know, but it's something we are really committed to doing Mm -hmm. last summer, not this past summer, 2018, but 2017, I had the pleasure because I also have a bit of an event production and management background as well of of working on a, an event that happened the summer of 2017, where in one weekend we brought in about $70,000. That was all we've created an endowment. That's just for that. I'm I'm in the process of writing a couple of grants to see if we can get some grant money. But so, yes, so that's something that's happening that, that is going to be our answer to well when there are no more survivors What do you do this is this will keep them alive
2: i can't think it's of amazing. a better use for that type of technology it that is amazing it is yeah sure
0: yeah that's um, i mean the educational value is off the charts yeah, yeah. well I, I, thank you so much for coming yes. in and talking to us today i mean we could probably go on for another four hours <laughs> easily i'm blown
2: away yeah um
0: we really appreciate it and this is you know, like when I originally talked to you, this is such a great project and and such a great cause that I, you know, it was a no brainer to have you on and talk yeah, to it's us. It's been about a pleasure
1: it. talking with you.
3: Well, I just want to thank all of you for welcoming me here today. It was um, it was a
0: lot of fun. Good. All right, is it time for our shameless uh, plug? You, you do a shameless, shameless promotion? Yeah, we do. Oh, absolutely. Who knew? <laughs> so we'll be um, of course putting this into our uh, list of podcasts that are going to be published, and you can find all of our published podcasts on our website at marketingessentialsteam.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Marketing Essentials Team. And we're also on YouTube if you want to check out the podcasts there. We also have a... Great little private cool. Facebook group. I, I want to back
1: you up for one second because you missed one small part of it. What did, I, what did I miss? You missed the Apple podcast.
0: Okay, you can also <laughs> subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. For those of you who don't
1: formally
2: want to sit by. Formerly known as iTunes.
1: Yes, yes. it's formerly known as iTunes, yeah. For those of you who like to listen in your car, it's a great way. And if you subscribe to the iTunes yeah. or the Apple podcast, you'll be able to listen to it on the go. But if you,
0: if you go to our website and subscribe, in addition to you know, having the podcast available, you'll get notification every week to let you know that a podcast has dropped and what it's all about. So it's a little bit of extra if you do it through our websites. You can do it both places. You can do it on our website and you can do it on Apple Podcasts. Now, correct
1: me if I'm wrong. Uh, If you go through our website there are some some special uh, perks. If you uh, actually sign up for the newsletter, you get access to a couple of things that you wouldn't normally get.
0: That is true. That is true. So a little bit of extra there if you do it through our website. So back to the private Facebook Sorry. group. <laughs> I'm going to uh, Alicia <laughs> tell you all about that.
2: You can also find our Facebook group, Little uh, rody Marketing Support on our website, um, or just search for it on Facebook. And it's a little community that we're forming to support local business owners entrepreneurs other marketing professionals to talk about all your marketing challenges questions and needs so it's
1: a great sounding board for for businesses because we've already seen a lot of Businesses interacting with one another on on the
0: uh, yeah the group yeah, and we've got a you know we've got over hundred members in there right now, and there's a great collection of professional marketers, but there's yes. also a great collection of small business owners mm-hmm. who are just interested in how to better market their businesses, and it's just a great place for conversation and getting feedback. And you know we do things throughout the week like Tech Tuesdays and Friday Wins, and you know just sort of conversational prompts that some of them absolutely. have have gone on for a week mm-hmm. <laughs> people still you know <laughs> yeah. especially when we you know we do things a little animated from time to time yeah it can get yeah. a little animated <laughs> but you know we, we we don't do anything controversial but it's a great place for conversation
1: absolutely
2: all right guys so i think that was all the shameless plug that we could plug
1: well, right? I, i'm sure yeah. we come up with more if we waited, waited long enough but right. i think we're good for now okay. <laughs> so i think we're gonna wrap this one up so until next time we'll see you next week bye-bye bye